Meet Reed Lance Rosenthal, rancher, number one best-selling award-winning author, and unabashedly, unapologetically, on the right side of the outstanding issues of our generation. But don't try to fence him in. Sometimes his positions will surprise you, because Reed is definitely his own man, with his own opinions. You might love him, you might hate him, but you won't be able to stop listening. Step over to the right side with Reed. Howdy, listeners. It's Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio, talking to you from coast to coast, the Gulf to Canada, and around the globe. Yep, it's your hayseed. I'm back again. Eha, Giving you the Cowboys take. Lots to cover today. If you feel like you are under assault, if you feel like your brain is being peppered by spitballs from a million different directions, you're not alone. Because it is. And you are. And it's intentional. You know, the more balls they have in the air, the more likely you are to bounce. We're going to be talking about and finishing up the history of immigration, but today's history, the history of the last year and a half, because it is mind-blowing, all the games and skullduggery being played. I'm going to talk to you about the open fields. Ever hear of that? Did you know that the federal government feels they can come on your private property anytime they want, photograph you, do whatever. Wait to hear about this. Unbelievable. And then we're going to be talking about, oh, should we say some, you know, documents that were fudged and lost and hidden by the FDA, who's supposed to protect you, and Pfizer, who of course makes a little bit of money out of doing drugs, including the jabs, and doesn't tell you what they do to you, according to these papers. Not a good thing at all. And then, of course, we're going to have rat-a-tat-tat. Before I get started, I want to tell you that radio is a business like any other business. I happen to do this show because I love this country, and I love my fellow Americans, with just a few exceptions. Of course, they aren't Americans, so we'll put that to the side. But from time to time, radio stations get sold, or they get absorbed by a larger group of radio stations. Or whatever. I mean, the list is endless. So from time to time, shows, doesn't matter whose show, how big, whatever. You lose some stations and you gain some stations. And the affiliate list is always kind of in change and flux a little bit. This will be the last show that some of you in a few markets hear on AM radio at least for a while. Several stations have been sold. You folks in Dallas, the station has been sold I think we'll be on a new station here shortly, but nothing I can do about it. They're changing their programming, and all their hosts, including yours truly, your cowboy from Wyoming, isn't going to be on anymore. And you folks there, Denver, Cheyenne, KGAB, 1030, the show is moving to 8 o'clock Saturday mornings, just FYI. You can go to the affiliates list on the website. That'll be updated next week, Monday or Tuesday. It'll tell you exactly which stations are changing, what new stations are coming on, the few old stations that we're not going to be on anymore. And if you can't get us on AM, you can always get us on podcast or off the website on the rightsideradio.com, which also, by the way, has, I think, nine different podcast platforms that you can use. So you will be able to hear the show no matter where you are, no matter what's happening with a particular radio station in your particular area, although, fortunately, that's few and far between. And I just want to let you folks know, so if you try and tune in next week in a couple of these markets that we currently speak to, and you can't get us, that's what's happening. Head to the website, we'll get you lined up, oriented, and your ears tuned in. 
You know, we're going to start this show like we always do with a couple quotes from the founders or the mentors of the founders. And I think we're going to go back to Ben Franklin because this show kind of ties right into this thought. Quote, the man who does things makes mistakes, but he doesn't make the biggest mistake of all, doing nothing. And let's go to the mentor of Franklin and the other founders, Thomas Paine. Reason obeys itself, and ignorance submits to whatever is dictated to it. Two apropos quotes, I think, for all time, but particularly for the show I'm about to bring you. On the Right Side radio show this week is going to be booming out over almost 100 million folks, and hopefully many of them are listening. And this is Memorial Day weekend, and it's a special weekend where we honor our fallen, people who have sacrificed for their faith, their friends, their family, their freedoms, their principles, and their country. Remember those men and women. They died for you. They died for me. We owe them. We owe them getting off the couch right now when this country needs you. And that kind of brings me to a short little rant story. I was out on the ranch, so I think it was two days ago, and we had had a couple days of kind of cloudy weather and off and on rain, which was, has been most welcome, I might add. And the river, or should I say the creek, is up, bubbling over the rocks, kind of sloshing around the roots of trees on the banks. The ditches were full, water was flowing out over the fields, and the grass was growing. It was like one of our first 70-degree 70, 70 days. You know, you get a little heat, you get a little water, and grass grows. It's a good thing. And I sat down for a while, and I just kind of looked out over this scene. Greening fields, the pivot chugging along out there in the alfalfa circle, two eagles flying over ridges, and the kind of the soft hues and shadows of a sun that was beginning to sink, playing up the canyons on the mountains around the ranch. And I realized something. I realized that no matter how much stuff is thrown at you, no, how, no matter how many directions it comes from, no matter how much it causes you concern the moment that you hear it, or festers for a while in the recesses of your brain that control worry, in the end, what really matters is your faith, your family, your principles, your country, and your freedom, and the land, because the land is forever. And all those other things I just mentioned are forever too. So what matters, folks, is forever things, not the daily staccato of the drumbeat of progressives and democratic Marxists on your brain, not the continuing assault on your country and your freedoms, not the blatant hypocrisy you see on every level of community, nor the corruption you see festering, bloating, boiling out of almost every recess of government, particularly at the federal level. Remember what's important this Memorial Day. Honor the fallen. They fell to protect what's important. Let's talk about immigration. Over the last week, I brought you the history of immigration. Fascinating. If you didn't listen to it, listen to the show on the rightsideradio.com. And it began way back, way back in 1790. And it's been a battle since then. And now it's a battle royal. You're familiar with what Trump did when he was in office. I'm not going to belabor it. The Remain in Mexico laws, the uh, immediate deportation law for illegal aliens, tightening up the border, all sorts of things. I'm not here to talk about that portion of the very recent past. More importantly is what's happening now. What's happening really 
It was put in motion before Biden was sworn in as the illegitimate president that he is. They began it really November of 2020, after the ill-fated, I'm being kind, 2020 election. And it's a four-pronged attack. It's a four-pronged attack on demographics, on votes, on the electoral system, and on faith, family, freedom, American values, America, and America's sovereignty. Let me explain. The very first day that Biden was in office, never mind shutting down the Keystone Pipeline, which we're all paying for now dearly, he took eight executive actions. Number one, he scaled back Trump's immigration enforcement policies. You know, he issued a, a memo, basically, rescinding Trump's enforcement policies to limit those enforcement policies only to people suspected of terrorism. I mean, literally, that was it. And some people who were incarcerated at the time and determined to be a quote-unquote public safety risk. So the second thing that he did, this is the first day in office, folks. Okay, he had DHS, Department of Homeland Security, send out a memo which implemented a 100-day moratorium on virtually all deportations. It began January 22nd of 2021. The state of Texas filed a lawsuit against that. We'll get into that in just a moment. They ended the Muslim and African travel bans. Remember the ban on seven terror-sponsoring Muslim countries that Trump implemented? He ordered a full review of the vetting procedures for people seeking visas to the United States. You know, I mean, on one hand, terrorists are targeted, but on the other hand, we're going to relax this vetting. Sounds great. By the way, a court has blocked a large part of that, and that lawsuit is still pending. Number four, he, he wanted to protect people with DACA, DACA designation. So there was a memo to DHS and to the Attorney General, our friend Mr. Garland, to, quote, preserve and fortify, ooh, unquote, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals Program, which was put in place by Barack Obama with his pen and his phone, after he said, of course, he couldn't do it legally. And he also announced in this executive order that uh, this could be expanded to, quote, people outside of the original criteria, unquote. He expedited and extended access to green card processing for Liberians. He paused, in fact, in the end, he ended construction of the border wall. And <laughs> he issued a proclamation. Think about all the national emergencies these people have declared and tried to take advantage of in all sorts of ways. But he had a proclamation day one of his time in office that terminated the national emergency at the southern border. It replaced it, folks, as we all know, with a real national emergency at the border. I mean, an outrageous emergency at the border right now. And then he uh, signed an order so that DHS, you know, our friend Mayorkas, we're going to talk about him in just a moment, they got to, re to review all related wall contract and to, quote, create a plan for the redirection of the funds already appropriated for the wall for 2021. Oh, terrific. Then he ended Trump's Census executive order. I've talked to you about this a number of times. This is a huge deal. This determines how many congressional seats every state has. This determines whether Americans are represented by American congressmen in Congress or Americans and non-Americans, non-citizens, illegal aliens, have equal representation to American citizens. His executive order rescinded Trump's instructions to the Census Bureau to remove undocumented immigrants, as he called them, how about illegal aliens, from census counts. And this was to ensure, oh yes, because he's so concerned with the civic workings of the United States, 
that states would receive full congressional representation and federal funding for all of their residents, you know, even those who shouldn't be here breaking the law. And then his eighth order was suspending new enrollments in migrant protection protocols. It's also called MPP. And that's known, folks, as the Remain in Mexico program. So he suspended all that. Now, that's been reinstated by courts, but, and this is the third prong, kind of the rest of the story I'm going to bring you, it doesn't matter what the courts say, and it doesn't matter what the law says, because they ain't doing none of it, because that's not the plan. Shortly after issuing these sweeping proclamations and putting us all at risk, he submitted a bill to Congress. I'm not sure you're aware of this, but in fact, it's still in Congress, and it's been held up by a number of court actions and all sorts of other things, but let me tell you what's in this bill, and this is just the broad, broad brush. It creates an earned roadmap to citizenship for undocumented individuals, illegal aliens, and basically, if you have been here and you've applied for temporary legal status, you can apply for a green card after five years if you pass a criminal and national security background check and you pay your taxes. And then DREAMers, other visa holders, immigrant farm workers, are eligible for green cards immediately when they cross the border under this legislation. And after three years, listen to this, all green card holders, I'll quote, who pass additional background checks and demonstrate knowledge of English and U.S. civics can apply to become citizens. Okay, all of these applicants have to have been in the United States prior to January 1, 2021. However... However, <laughs> the DHS secretary, Mr. Mayorkas, who, as we know, are so concerned about our border, he can alter those plans based on macroeconomic or other conditions. Hmm. This plan had a whole section, you know, to pull on your heartstrings to keep families together. For the first time, explicitly included, quote, permanent partnerships and elimination of discrimination facing LGBTQ families. Hmm. The bill allows immigrants, illegal aliens, with approved family-sponsored petitions to join their family in the United States on a temporary basis while they wait for the green cards to become available I just told you about. By the way, estimates are there are 14 million family members outside of the United States waiting to be invited in under their family petitions. And you wonder why... People would send their kids, unaccompanied minors, across the border. Well, once the kid's here, guess what? Under this law, folks, the whole family can follow and have their green card in no time flat. And after just a few years, apply for citizenship with relatively minimal requirements. Oh, the bill was designed, and I quote it, to embrace diversity. <laughs> and the bill increased diversity visas. I won't even make you upset telling what a diversity visa is, you can imagine, to 80000 from 55000 And then the bill had a whole section in it with, of course, billions of your tax dollars to promote, quote, immigrant and refugee integration and citizenship, unquote. In other words, indoctrination and voting rights. Let me kind of do a little interpretation for you here. And to provide assistance with your tax dollars to anyone who wants to become a citizen. Oh, perfect. And then the bill had a whole section about growing our economy. Oh, well, gee, that's kind of a, a day late and a dollar short, isn't it? It eliminates per-country visa caps. I want you to think about that. 
there are currently caps on visas that can be issued to folks coming here from basically any country in the world. This eliminates all those caps, all of them. The bill provides dependents of H-1B visa holders work authorization. Oh, that's terrific. You know, if you go to realstats.com, right, realstatistics.com, you will see that our, our real unemployment rate is 24.3%. It's not 3.6%. It's not the chicken scratch that they're feeding you. It is outrageous. It is one quarter of the country. But by all means, let's bring in millions and give them work visas overnight. And by the way, DHS has the authority in this bill to adjust the number of green cards, again, based on macroeconomic conditions. And the bill incentivizes higher wages, <laughs> you know, for our friends from all over the earth who are non-U.S. citizens. Then there's some protections in there for illegal alien workers. Sorry, the word alien is in the Constitution. I think I'm going to stick with it. Sorry about your executive orders there. President Cadaver, and basically allows the victims, as they call them, you know, the illegal aliens who are working here, basically taking the, a job that an American could have, who are the victims of workplace retaliation from deportation. Oh, great. And then it has a whole bunch of nonsense in here about supplementing border resources with technology and infrastructure. It doesn't say anything about what it's going to do with people they catch with this technology and infrastructure because they're going to allow them into the country. This just lets them kind of monitor how many folks are really coming in so that they, can, I guess, can count their votes and do their polls prior to elections. I'm not really sure. And then to manage the border and protect border communities. Oh, well, the border communities, I'm sure, are just thrilled about this, particularly the folks down there in that poor town that got hammered with this, I think, intentional act against these kids. That's a border town. This bill that's pending in Congress this president is doing such a great job protecting border towns. And they're going to create a border community stakeholder advisory committee. They're going to get more special agents from the DHS, not from Customs, not from ICE, but from the DHS, you know, Mr. Mallorca's police. And they, they wanted to study in this bill DHS's authority to waive environmental and state and federal laws to expedite the construction of certain facilities that would help the organization of illegal immigration. Terrific. And then there's some platitudes in there about cracking down on criminal organizations. We know how well that's going. 100,000 of your fellow Americans died from fentanyl last year, by far the most in history. And <laughs> all of this is a joke. It's a ruse. In fact, it's really far worse than that. Then they have a section in this bill that creates, quote, safe and legal channels for people to seek protection, including by establishing designated processing centers throughout Central America. Oh, by the way, in these processing centers, you get to register, you get to process, and then you're like, you're all set for your United States taxpayer paid trip to the United States border, and then your United States paid trip to wherever they're going to put you in the country to create whatever the effect it is, like diluting electoral votes or, you know, something like that. And then there's a whole section here on proving immigration courts and hiring more judges. Oh, let's think about this. So these judges who in this bill are going to have more latitude, they're going to be hired by the outfit that wants more immigration. Hmm. Wonder how those court cases are going to come out. And by the way, all those people get to be represented by lawyers who your taxpayers pay for. The fourth prong of this attack is through the agencies, particularly DHS, you know, 
Mr. Mayorkas. I warned you about that guy years ago and prior to him being appointed. You know, which, by the way, couldn't happen without Republican rhino votes, folks. So the Mayorkas DHS, they have now limited through the agency, you know, they get around Congress, they expound on the executive orders, they implement policies in this bill which hasn't even passed. They've, they've put together interim enforcement guidelines. And there's three significant changes. Quote, the new memorandum institutes a set of interim guidelines for immigration enforcement. And well, under those guidelines, folks, here's the fine print, you know, at the bottom. The only people that they're going to look at for deportation are individuals suspected of terrorism or espionage, individuals who entered the United States after November 1, 2020, and individuals convicted of an aggravated felony who are released from criminal custody after January 20 of 2021 and who ICE believes are a threat to public safety. And as we all know, they are doing nothing or next to nothing to deport anybody of the almost 3 million people now that have crossed the southern border since Joe Biden was sworn in, unfortunately and illegitimately, as President of the United States about a year and four months ago, a year and five months ago. So the whole thing is smoke and mirrors. They create policies in this third prong of attack that they never intend to carry out. They ignore policies which are on the books that they never intended to carry out. And in the case of court rulings, for instance, upholding the Remain in Mexico, the MPP, they totally ignore it. I mean, it's like the court didn't utter a word. And the court, of course, has no power to hold them accountable, and they know it. He's asking for $6.5 billion more dollars to detain fewer illegal aliens while he tells Congress and the, the American people, who I hope don't believe him, that the border's under control. Uh, fortunately, Title 42, this was the restrictions on immigration due to the COVID nonsense. They wanted to lift Title 42, and they danced around it and pretended they weren't going to do it, but they had intended to do it all along. That's been blocked by a court in the last week. Expect a battle royal over that. And DHS wants a budget in fiscal year 2023, which basically we're approaching. Remember, it's October to October for the federal government of $97.3 billion, folks. Some of it allocated to, you know, finding domestic terrorists like, like parents at school boards, and the rest of it dedicated to more or less promoting, encouraging, and aiding and abetting illegal immigration, particularly across the southern border, from, I believe, over 86 countries. It might be more now. I mean, this is not just a Central American, South American problem. And he told Congress that he expects... If Title 42 goes away, 18,000 illegal border crossers per day. That's per day, folks. That comes out to 6.6 million illegal aliens across our southern border per day. What it really did is ask for increased funds to transport illegal aliens to their destination of choice within the U.S. at U.S. taxpayer expense and to increase, quote-unquote, processing efficiency. In other words releasing into the U.S. as quickly as possible virtually every illegal alien who makes any credible fear claim, which, of course, is being coached on by NGOs at the border. He refused to tell Jim Jordan, Republican from Ohio, how many of the 42 individuals accounted at the border who were on the terror watch list were released into the U.S. and if any are still in the country. 
He told the Republican from Kentucky, Thomas Massey, that though he knows some, I quote, some illegal aliens released in the U.S. will commit violent crimes, DHS will do nothing to apprehend and remove them until after the crimes occur. Oh, because your safety is first and foremost on their mind, folks. He told Chip Roy, the Republican from Texas, who showed him a bunch of pictures of illegal aliens threatening border residents, migrants who've died, a young girl who was branded, etc. Mayorkas refused to accept that their policies have any negative consequences such as the ones in the picture. Greg Stanton, a Democrat in a border congressional district in Arizona, told Mayorkas, you can't put more pressure on the system. It's going to create a significant risk, a full-scale humanitarian crisis. And you know, you know what Mayorkas' response was? No, it won't. We have this under control. And then Representative Ken Buck, oh, Ken Buck, a Republican from Colorado, he said Mayorkas has, quote, intentionally undermined the mission of the Department of Homeland Security and has committed treason, unquote. Mayorkas' response was to say he's very proud of his service to the country. So, folks, the rest of this story is that they're coming at you from four directions. And there's only one way to really slow them down, and that's to get involved in this upcoming midterm election. And I hope you're getting off the couch. I hope you are all set up to go and getting trained, and you're going to be working at the polls, watching for fraud, checking residency requirements, going through the voter registration data, you know, working with your legislatures to get the proper laws in place. Look at what happened in Georgia. The reinstitution of good voter integrity laws, election integrity laws, resulted in monumental turnout, the greatest in history by people of all color, races, creeds, and religions. This stuff works. The Democratic Marxists, the progressives of the Democratic Party who control that party, know it works. And they don't want it to work. They don't want anything to work. And that's the rest of the story. So let's switch gears here from this immigration nonsense. Although everything is interrelated, we're switching gears within the same transmission. I told you I was going to tell you a little bit about some legal happenings. Well, I'm going to focus on one today, which will shock you, particularly those of you who own land. Did you know that the government is now claiming the right of access and surveillance on all private land. The only exception is your house and the yard right around the cutilage, as they call it, right around your house. If you have a hunting property, a ranch, a farm, or whatever, they are saying that federal agents from all sorts of agencies, you name them, the whole alphabet, can come on your property without notice, despite if you meet them at the gate, posted no trespassing, have a gun in your hand, Anytime they want, stay as long as they want, investigate anything they want, take pictures of what they want, send drones over you, the whole nine yards. Okay, this is called the open fields doctrine. It is unbelievable. So the Fourth Amendment, let's go way back, which was passed as a part of the Bill of Rights in 1791, Americans are guaranteed a security in their, quote, persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures, unquote. However, the government is now contending that the Fourth Amendment protections do not extend to land. And this is the open fields nonsense. And they're relying on two old Supreme Court cases. In 1924, SCOTUS started the open fields framework, Hester versus the United States. Quote, the special protection accorded by the Fourth Amendment to the people in their persons, houses, papers, and effects 
is not extended to the open fields, unquote. They doubled down 60 years later, 1984. Oliver versus the United States, quote, there is no societal interest in protecting the privacy of those activities, such as the cultivation of crops that occur in open fields, unquote. So this protection of the Fourth Amendment, the government is saying applies only to your house and curtilage, your yard, okay, which is great if you live in town. But if, if you're in that wide segment of society, like me, that is rural or lives in the countryside, farms, whatever, you have no protection. Fish and Wildlife, EPA, Bureau of Land Management, Corps of Engineers, and the whole rest of the entourage can come in, walk on your land under open fields, the EPA, you name it, and there's nothing you can do about it. And you can't deal with the consequences of whatever they find or whatever they conjure to find. So this is a huge alert. This article is posted, by the way, under the audio bar on today's current show under family safety, and under and on the globalism page on the rightsideradio.com. You should really, really, really read it. By the way, no warrant, no problem. They can come anytime they want, notify you or not. Next week, I'm going to expound on this. I'm going to tell you about some cases where federal agencies actually went in and put cameras on properties that the owners found later and <laughs> argued that they were within their rights to do so. Think about that. Then we have the monkeypox games. Monkeypox! Oh, folks, you know, you survived COVID. Now you're looking forward to being incinerated nine years from now when the earth turns to a cinder because of, you know, human degradation. But don't worry, because we're not going to get there. Monkeypox. Monkeypox is going to get you. Yes. And, you know, it's funny how all these things, I'm going to talk about this in the next segment, too in terms of the school shootings in Texas, which are just ghastly. Isn't it funny how this monkeypox thing is arising just as basically the COVID jab demand has dropped over the cliff. Everybody is saying, I'm done with COVID. And in the same week that the WHO, and I've talked to you about this on the previous show, that the WHO is asking for complete dominance over the sovereignty of nations' health care and in declaring Health emergencies. Gee, I wonder if that would affect the November 2022 election. Hmm. Look, monkeypox is nonsense. COVID was nonsense. Never mind the numbers, which were fudged and distorted. I've brought you those stories too. But the number of infections right now, May 23rd, University of Oxford, Harvard Medical School, recorded 245 confirmed or suspected cases in the entire world. And the UK Health Secretary... Sajid Javid, he wrote on Twitter, quote, most cases are mild, unquote. You know, folks, there are no coincidences, no coincidences whatsoever. And the United States, as I've brought to you, because of cadaver, Obama third term, the whole cabal, is actually pushing this giveaway of American sovereignty to the who? I mean, basically, this is part of the globalism, you know, the history of globalism I brought you over the last several weeks. On the Right Side Radio, go to the history page, read this stuff, read this stuff. And it's all tied into the midterms, I guarantee you. It's one of the reasons Nancy Pelosi is so smug, despite being 40 points underwater in the polls in Congress. This would give the who, you know, based on monkeypox, monkeypox, <laughs> Give me a banana. 
This would give the Who control over locking you down. You know, let's so you can't go to the ballot box. You can't go to the polling place. No, that they would never think of that. Let's go to rat a tat tat, shall we? Let's start off with the massacre of those poor kids and teachers at the Texas school. Once again, there are no coincidences. Go to onTheRightSideRadio.com, click on the historical story page, listen to my historical stories on the history of mind control. I'm just going to throw out three facts for you. Counting the bill that was introduced yesterday, you know, in strengthening red flag, we're going to go over all this gun control stuff next week. There have been two other big gun control bills introduced in the last two weeks, precipitated by Biden's speech on gun control, which is now continuing. And in those two weeks, magically, there's been three mass shootings. And you know, the grocery store shooting, the one before this, where 10 poor people got killed by this maniac on the east side of the country, that didn't stir a lot of, you know, public outrage. So, you know, what are you going to do to stir public outrage? Well, you know, kids, kids. If you listen to those mind control historicals, it is an absolute fact that MKUltra and Voice to Skull technology exist, have been developed, are employed, and work in susceptible minds. And you can't tell me that all of this stuff is coming down at one time just by coincidence. There are no coincidences. I want you to think about that in terms of everything you see and hear, whatever the media source And every one of these people were on police and or FBI and or mental health radar. Everyone. How come their names were not in the NICS system to prevent them or delay them in purchasing a weapon? How come these red flag laws that the Democrats wave around were not employed? I mean, there's a lot of questions to ask here. So that's our first rat-a-tat-tat. And it kind of ties into the no coincidence on monkeypox either, doesn't it? In fact, it ties into all of them. McCormick, right? The Pennsylvania primaries. It looks like Oz is going to pull it out by the chin of his chinny chin chin. But what's really concerning is that McCormick, supposedly a conservative Republican, has sued the state of Pennsylvania asking them to count late mail-in and unsigned mail-in ballots. Now, this is what you would expect the Democrats to do. In fact, it is exactly what the Democrats do. It is very distressing that a Republican, so-called conservative candidate, is employing the tactics of the Democrats. And by the way, being applauded by the Democrats, including by none other than Mark Elias, who's like the biggest election fraudster on the planet and the chief attorney on all the election fraud for the Democrats across the country. The Fourth Circuit, the Fourth Circuit, bad ruling. It's going to go to the Supreme Court. They ruled that anybody involved in an insurrection, they didn't define insurrection, under the Constitution cannot hold public office, including people who already hold public office. Remember I brought you the stories about the Democrats suing MJB and suing Cawthorn and a whole bunch of other people, Ron Johnson, saying that they were ineligible to run for office. You know, I mean, they'll do anything they have to do. Well, here you go. Here's a ruling from the Fourth Circuit, a three-panel court, three-judge panel, that kind of codifies this. It does not define insurrection. It does not make any connection between J6 and insurrection, but it gives ammo to the subterfuge the Democrats are pulling on this whole thing. You know, lawfare, okay? Lawfare. Expect a whole bunch of fallout on this. And by the way, that ruling came down the same day that MJB, 
okay, Marjorie Brown, won her primary for Congress in Georgia. Hmm. And then we have Nancy Pelosi, quote, the Supreme Court is a threat to freedom, unquote, and quote, we don't agonize, we organized, unquote. Wow. Maybe that's insurrection? I don't know. Hmm. Could be. The USDA, this is not great news. It raised its estimated range of 65 to 7.5% year-to-year increase from 5 to 6% in May for food prices. This would be the single biggest jump in both restaurant prices and grocery store prices since 1980. Eggs, I brought you this story a week ago also, have gone up even more. Uh, USDA is now projecting 20%, plus or minus a half a percent, from a 6 to 7% projection just a month ago. Basically, they have fresh vegetables going up four to five, fruits and vegetables about six, sugar and sweets about six. These are huge price increases. And what's happening with food, it's shortage. The problems with production, the problems with transportation is, once again, folks, not a coincidence. None of this is coincidence. Then we have some really interesting COVID articles. I have some great videos on the website. You please watch them, okay? I can't cover it all for you. And they are going to detail, and they're by professionals and experts and medical doctors and virologists. Some of the videos are the current meeting of the WHO, which just so happens, not coincidentally, to be coinciding in Europe with the meeting of the World Economic Forum. I have links to both of those meetings for you. You should listen in. Your blood will curdle, curdle. They are under the audio bar on the current show, and they will also be on some of the other pages like Globalism. But on the COVID vaccine scene, it seems that the papers that Pfizer went to court to try and delay releasing for 75 years, number one, those papers show that they underestimated, and it was a huge percentage of the test group, or they misrepresented the number of people who were materially injured or who died, more than 2,000. In their initial tests of these vaccines, which are not vaccines, excuse me, the jabs, and they hit it. They hit it from everybody, folks, but your FDA. You know, that outfit who 106 times in the last 10 or 20 years has had drugs that it has approved on behalf of Big Pharma from where they get 50% of their money have had to be recalled off the market. And in this case, the documents that Pfizer wanted to hide for 75 years, which have now are and about to come out, show serious understatement of the detrimental effects, including death, of this jab. And FDA had these papers when they issued emergency use authorization. And they have these papers right now as they contemplate um, jabs for 5 to 11-year-olds, and jabs for infants to 5-year-olds. You know, they're helping you out, folks. They're helping you out. The Epic Times last week ran an article. This is a new study of 23 million Europeans. Quote, heart inflammation more prevalent among vaccinated than unvaccinated study. And this was about men aged 16 to 24, five times more likely to have a problem with Pfizer, and 15 times more likely after Moderna, the heart problems in younger people, folks, were 5 to 15 times greater after the jab than before the jab. This peer-reviewed study, by the way, was published in JAMA, you know, Journal of American 
etc., etc., etc. On April 20th, it's called SARS-CoV-2 Vaccination and Myocarditis in a Nordic Cohort Study of 23 Million Residents. Look it up for yourself. It's unbelievable. I'm going to go into pretty big detail next week on all these studies that are now coming out, which is disproving the entire quote-unquote safe and effective FDA, CDC, Big Pharma, and corrupt media lines that have been fed to the American public and to people around the world for the last year and a half. It is reprehensible. It's worse than reprehensible. It's criminal. How's that? Okay, we're out of time. How frustrating is that? Lots of things to be covered with you next week. We're going to go over what's going on with gun control. It's not good. We're going to go over what's happening with all these new studies around the world, millions of people with these jabs. I'm going to bring you an update on this open fields. Scary, scary thing going on. I'm going to bring you up to date on the WHO nonsense and the WEC nonsense. Listen to those videos. Watch those videos on the website on therightsideradio.com. And next week, I'm going to make your eyelids flutter because I'm going to tell you how China's espionage extends even into the agricultural operations of the United States and very successfully. And folks, look in the mirror. Repeat in the mirror with conviction and with your family. I will muster. I will stand. I will not comply. I will never give in. I will never stop fighting. I will join with those in these United States and across the globe who love freedom as I do, and we will win. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Thanks so much for listening. Please remember, if you've missed any shows, just click on Show Archive and you'll find all of his shows. We look forward to seeing you here again next week for another episode of Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side. (laughs) 